Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Come Be My Light, The Private Writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 3 Continued. He forbade me to think about it at all. Father Van Exum's first request to Mother Teresa was to stop thinking about the inspiration, to let it rest. In a later letter to her superior general, she wrote, Father Van Exum put me off. Though he saw it was from God, still he forbade me to even think about it. Often, very often, during the four months between September 1946 and January 1947, I asked him to let me speak to His Grace, the Archbishop of Calcutta, but each time he refused. The renunciation that he asked of her was quite a drastic way of testing the genuineness of the call but nothing less would assure him of its divine origin. So, in obedience to her spiritual director, Mother Teresa remained silent and in prayer, not knowing what the outcome would be. By January of 1947, Father Van Exum had no doubt that Mother Teresa's inspiration was from God and that the time had come for her to pursue the realization of the call. Thus, he gave her permission to write to the Archbishop. In a simple and straightforward letter, she told Archbishop Perrier what she believed God was asking of her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, child of Mary, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Teresa had to wait four months before she could speak to the Archbishop about her inspiration. For four months, she held this secret to herself. Yes, she told her spiritual director, Father Van Exum, but he was putting her off. He told her he had to be, she had to be quiet. She could not speak to the Archbishop. And why was that so Difficult? Because she couldn't do anything towards founding this new congregation without the archbishop's approval. He had to say yes. He had to see this as coming from God for her to take any steps. And so the very person that she was counting on, the very person she needed to approve, she was not able to speak to for four months. Now, 
Why was Father Van Exum doing this? Because he himself had to be sure this was from God. He wasn't the one who experienced the voice. He wasn't there on the train. Yes, he believed Mother Teresa was a good woman. But he also has a conscience. And he's responsible before God for Mother Teresa. And so he needed to find out whether this really was from God. And so he put her to the test. St. Philip used to do the same thing to people who thought they had some kind of message from God. He would make them obey. He would make them humble themselves. Because Jesus says, I am meek and humble of heart. I came not to do the will, my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Obedience, humility, meekness. These are very great signs of a servant of God. And if Mother Teresa was really being asked to do something by Jesus, then he wanted to see her obedient and silent, meek and humble. And of course, this was also very wise of him. Because when the archbishop would ask him, why do you think this is from God? He would be able to tell the archbishop what he had done for four months. He'd be able to tell him what Mother Teresa had been through, how she had reacted, and how it really did seem to be something supernatural taking place. Now, who else had to suffer for four months as she waited to speak to the man on whom it seemed everything depended? Mother Mary. When? Well, after the Annunciation, after she became pregnant, after she was told this great secret from the Lord through, the, through Gabriel. Mary, at that moment, carried within her the Savior of the world. But yet she was truly, legally married to Joseph, betrothed, according to the Jewish terminology. And yet she didn't say anything to him. It wasn't her place to say something. She was held back from saying something. God had not told her to tell Joseph. But what would Joseph do? What would Joseph say? Would he leave her? Would he go off on his own and, and try to take the blame on himself? What would Joseph do? Mary had to wait. She had to be silent. She had to pray in a way, not knowing what the outcome would be. And then, when she could no longer hide her pregnancy, after she came back from visiting Elizabeth, and we know she was there for three months, took about a week to get there, she's there for three months, she stays for his name day, and so she comes back to eight days, three months and 20 days later to Nazareth let's say, about four months. And sometime after that, soon after, Joseph can see she's pregnant. And then Joseph has his great moment. What will he do? And so they were able to talk. And this parallel between Mary and mother is not by accident. 
Because as we're going to see, Mother Teresa thought that Mother Mary was the first missionary of charity. She was the great missionary of charity. And everything Mother Teresa wanted to do involved having Mary's heart come into her heart. And she wanted to teach her followers to have the heart of Mary, to love Jesus and to serve Jesus and to serve the poor with the heart of Mary. And we too, in this Lenten season, want to be very close to the Blessed Mother. We want her to share with us her own sorrow that God has been offended, her own desire to make up for the sins of the world, her own desire to follow Jesus, to deny herself, and to pick up her own cross and follow him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.